Welcome to Cigar City Radio, episode number three. I'm your host, Randy Ojeda, and making the magic happen is Jason Solanez. How's it going, everybody? How is it going? So if you're listening to this, thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. And if you subscribe to this show, we thank you even more. So we're trying to get on to a pretty rigid schedule with this show. We'll have new episodes coming out for subscribers every Monday, and those episodes will go live for the rest of the world on Tuesday. So if you subscribe, you'll get an episode early, and you can help us keep doing what we love to do. Somebody else who's been helping us do what we love to do, big thanks to George Harris from Creative World Recording. George is somebody we've known for a very long time, way before we had this podcast, way before we had a company and we were just a couple kids trying to figure out our instruments and George has always believed in us and always believed in what we're doing. We actually recorded this episode in not our usual space and the room that we were in had a noisy air conditioner. So in pretty much the entire background of the recording was just this AC hum and we didn't have the technology to get rid of that sound Luckily, George worked some magic on it and turned out this amazing sounding version of the recording that we were able to put together and put out for you. So if you're looking for quality recording, audio editing, mixing, anything you need that involves sound, George Harris is your guy, creativeworldrecording.com. Our guests are the band DTCV, the project from novelist, screenwriter, and former Guided by Voices guitarist James Greer and French multi-instrumentalist Lola G. These guys are pretty awesome. Yeah, their music is fantastic, and they're just wonderful people in general. Yeah. Very professional. They really are, and they're, like, really accomplished people. Like, James is very humble, but, I mean, he's written movies and books and he's been an editor for spin yeah for spin magazine seriously but when you talk to him he's just like the coolest most down-to-earth guy and the more that we talk to lola and jim i guess we we can call him jim now right we're we're at that point yeah yeah, all right so the more we got to know them and learn about what they envision for their band and where they want to go next, the more we realize that working with them would be a great fit for us and and what we do. As of today, we've officially added them to our artist roster. So DTCV, welcome to the Cigar City Management family. We obviously love this band and we couldn't be more excited to work with them going forward. So next up for DTCV, uh, they are heading to Europe for a two-month-long European tour starting with a show October 27th in the UK. From there, they'll be performing in Germany, France, Italy, Spain, Sweden, Switzerland. I mean, pretty much all over Europe. It's pretty insane. They're playing almost every day between now and December, <laughs> like the middle yeah, of December. I, I looked at that that lineup of shows they have, and I was absolutely blown away. Yeah, so they're going to be a very tired band by the end of this year. For tour dates and music links, head over to dtcvband.com and check these guys out. Here it is, episode three.
detective. Yes. Correct. Right? Uh, just a, like it sounds. Just like it sounds. Yeah, I was going to ask <laughs> about D, DTCV. How did you get detective from that? Well, no, it's the other way around. We got yeah. We started out as detective. As detective. Yeah. Well, we started out as detective. The name of a uh, Jean Luc Godard movie that we both liked and thought would be a fun. It's a very obs- it's a, one it's of his more. It's an obscure film reference. Yeah, yeah, and as, then as but not too pedantic, obscure. like because right. it's kind of like a crappy '80s movie, <laughs> and there's a French rock star in it, so we just thought, oh, that's the perfect that's name. Perfect name. Yeah. But um, it wasn't a perfect name because <laughs> the, it has accent marks, and the internet is not kind to accent marks. Oh, it just totally strips not. Them right yeah. out. And so then when we switch to just plain old detective, you get every homicide case. Um, that comes up in the last... Yeah, it's kind of an ungoogleable name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, the, and we also got mixed up with this other band from the 70s who only put out two albums called Detective, uh, but they're on Spotify for some reason. Those damn and, 70s uh, yes. bands. So, like, like, we'd be playing a show somewhere and they would pull that out and it's like, so you have, like, a picture of, like, four guys who look like Led Zeppelin <laughs> and it's like, they think it's us. <laughs> right, and you guys look nothing like Led Zeppelin. <laughs> I mean, like, I would love to, but, yeah. I, I'm not Jimmy Page. And right, Jimmy. right. And the new LP is called Confusion Moderne. Is a, Modern. I, Modern. And the lyrics are om, almost exclusively in French. Uh, right? Yeah, actually. And, yeah. And There's what, one song in English. The one right? that I do. The one that you do. And why did you decide to just go all French? It was kind of random. I, I never wrote songs in French before, but I listened to a couple albums. My friend Anton from the band Brian Jonestown Massacre. Yeah, like great he, band. He doesn't speak French. He's not French. You know, he lives in Germany. Right. And he just like randomly did this album in French. That sounded really awesome. Sure. And then I stumbled upon some Zydeco stuff that was in French. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like I never really listened to it. Yeah. And I'm like, this, this is like rock in French and it sounds good so maybe I can do it yeah well and the then, Zydeco thing know. makes sense right because you got that Cajun yeah and, I, and yeah. I never really listened to it and it, there's some badass stuff even though there's accordion and I don't like accordion <laughs> but it's like so so I was like oh and then suddenly you know songs in French uh, yeah. came there's a there's a prejudice in France among French bands not to sing in French mm-hmm. they think it's corny for some reason so um, unless you're doing like French pop you know, like pure like sixties stuff. Right. In which case, then yeah. they just don't think French is a rock language. Yeah, um, which is interesting because it's such like a beautiful language I, in general that you'd think that more bands with a sort of beauty element to them would. It just doesn't go with rock very well usually. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but it's I mean, probably, it works for you guys. I mean, you, and, but you kind of have that mix of that French pop with kind of the post-punk shoegazy yeah. type thing, so it, it works. Well, I'm you. glad it works. Uh, well, I, I think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, song, the songs turned out really, really well. I yeah. Mean, um, I was uh, surprised. And now, Lola, are you from France? Yes, I okay. grew up there. I was born there. My childhood life was there, and then my adult life has been here. So, I'm yeah, but I am French. So for you, it was kind of more of a natural thing to yeah, sing in Yeah, but French, well, or? no, not really, because when you live here, it just doesn't feel right to sing in French so but then suddenly it felt right so I don't know and how have audiences responded to that are they confused when they come to the shows and they don't understand the lyrics yeah some (laughs) of them but like most people are like oh cool it's in French yeah I don't understand but it's nice (laughs) (laughs) it is it's it's, yeah it works the thing is like live we're so loud That you can't really hear the lyrics anyway. Yeah, it doesn't make um, that much of a difference. I mean, you can, but but it's yeah. like with with any rock band. It's like you know, a lot of times 
you just don't really pay attention to the lyrics. It's in a live setting in particular because yeah. it's more like, you know, it's just the song, the, the melody and the, you know, the whatever else that goes with it is what you're, it's the emotion, you know, that's in sure. the music that you respond to. And I think that, yeah, like, if we didn't tell people we were singing in French, I'm not sure <laughs> they would know sometimes. Sure, because, yeah. you know, because yeah. we, the songs are go quick and, you know, you're, you're just like, the lyrics are, you know, blah, 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 you know, it's like... Yeah. Right, um, and, yeah. and it doesn't sound like a gimmick. Like, it doesn't sound like you're singing in French to sing in French. No. Yeah, and like that, it, that's it fits exactly the, it serves what, the song. Yeah, so, yeah, I wanted to avoid that for sure. Yeah. Because uh, that would It did change the songs, I think. Yeah, I, I yeah. think it changed the way that... Yeah. I mean, and these are, like, and this is my favorite record that we've done, so it changed the songs in a, in a good way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't think we're going to keep doing it. Just, I mean, solely in French. I don't yeah, think. the next one will be half and half, I think. Well, not half and half, but there'll be a few songs in French for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So t- tell me a little bit about this record, too. What was going on when you guys put it together, and what was kind of the idea behind it? Well, we were living in Joshua Tree in the desert, mm-hmm. um, and we recorded it in, in L.A. with our friend Joel Jerome, mm-hmm. who does a lot of the psych bands, like, locally. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Burger um, records. He's burger records. Bands, records. And he's cool. And um, and so we wanted to record with him. But the like the overall, I guess I don't know if there's a theme to the album, mm-hmm. but it's it's just mainly I I think ideas about what's going on, you know, the politically and environmental problems and climate change and you know just kind of general ideas, but but not really like it's not really a direct political album it's more poetic but sure. but there's that 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 thing in there it's a poetic political it's, album. it's, it's a poetic it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like symbolist like the french symbolist like yeah. baudelaire who um would address yeah. like you know serious subjects but like in a in an oblique way I think. it's like modern and anti-modern it's sort of like you know like when you're like struggling with you like your iphone but also you don't like what it does to the world <laughs> True. So that's yeah. basically like that's why it's called modern confusion. Well, I mean, yeah. there's the trade-off. I mean, obviously, yeah. you know, to be able to record an interview straight onto a computer in a digital format, a digital file, that's great. That's convenient. Otherwise, you'd have to haul around this tape recorders. Then you'd have to digitize it and put it on the internet or right. however that would work. Yeah, there's no way we'd be able ago. to do this. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. there's like huge advances in like technology have helped music and other things in a lot of ways but it's also the trade-off is they, they've also destroyed music yeah. in a lot of ways outside of music too technology sort of makes me feel dumber you know i feel like i don't even know my own city anymore because i use google maps to get everywhere so yeah. if somebody asked me just to get to a place i might not be able to yeah there's been scientific studies about that where they they have two different groups like one that uses technology and the other one doesn't and the one that doesn't is more able to solve um, problems, like that, you know. Yeah, that makes sense because <laughs> I mean that's really what we're taking out of the equation is the whole problem solving and memory component of life. You know, <laughs> is now it's well I don't have to remember it I'll just Google it. You know? Yeah, well your brain is in your iPhone. Yeah, <laughs> and that's terrifying. You had the video come out uh, directed by Steven Soderbergh. Yeah, uh, which is totally awesome. How did that come about? That was through Jim. I asked him and he said yes. that's how that came about he was um i mean i knew he was in the middle of he was shooting a movie and i 
emailed them and said, you wouldn't happen to have any, like, you know, footage lying around, just random, like, footage that you could cut into kind of an experimental abstract video for this song. And he goes, well, as a matter of fact, I do. <laughs> I mean, he's Steven Soderbergh. Yeah, I, hope, and, and I hope he does he have a lot have of random footage. footage. <laughs> he's, he's, always ta- he's, al- he's always got his camera with him, so he has all this stuff. But then, like, what he did with it was, like, completely, I think, uh, I mean, I had no idea what he was going to do, but what he did was completely unexpected. He kind of riffed off the, because he doesn't speak French, but I told him what the song was based on and a little bit about, I mean, the, the title, Histoire Seule, is kind of taken from, again, Godard, who did um, Histoire du Cinéma, um, which the, like the history of cinema. He did like a huge TV series in France that's been put on DVD, and it's like, it's just amazing. It's like all this montage, and it's, it's really good, but one of the chapters is called um, Une Histoire Seule, and so we just took Histoire Seule like, as the title, so I told him that figuring he might do some sort of like French 60s homage and then he, he totally didn't. didn't. He, just <laughs> took, he just took the history part and like I think that resonated with him and then he yeah. cut in all this Abe Lincoln stuff. I mean it's it yeah. works totally. It's I've great. never really yeah. I've never asked him what it was about because I'm always afraid he's gonna say you know it's not about anything. Um, <laughs> yeah, he yeah. doesn't seem like the kind of guy you'd ask for a re-edit either. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> he was like he he did it you know, he sent it. I said, thanks. He said, I, I had fun. Um, it was a lot of fun. So, And is he somebody that you've known for a while? Uh, yeah, actually. We met in about 2005. He wrote the introduction to the book about Guided by Voices that I wrote yeah. at the request of Bob Pollard. Yeah, and I, I was going to say that you, you were in Guided by Voices, but you also yeah. literally wrote the book on Guided by yeah. Voices. Yeah, and again, that was by request and when I say request <laughs> you know you don't turn down Bob because he's hard to refuse sure. so I did it you know really under super intense deadline and it's not my favorite thing that I've ever written but I, we did get Stephen to do the intro mm-hmm. and that's how we met and then he just started uh, he asked me out of the blue to write something for him he knew was a, I was a screenwriter and um, so I did and then that that fell apart, mm. um, and then he asked me to write something else, and that has yet to happen <laughs> as well. But it it it's in theory is going to happen in the next couple of years. Um, but he would like send someone to kill me if I talked about what it was because he's very very <laughs> controlling and private about you know the projects that he's doing. Partly because they tend to fall apart. I mean, yeah. in Hollywood, that's what happens. Like, yeah, everything's on yeah. the shelf for everything's on yeah. the shelf, and then it, all of a sudden it happens. Yeah, um, and, or it doesn't. You know. Yeah, I, I mean, feel like most things probably don't happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah probably I, like ninety percent. <laughs> that's wild. Yeah, because you know, before uh, when we got you guys to come on the show, um, I was telling our intern who's 20 I was like yeah he was in the band Guided by Voices or like a legendary indie band you know he had never heard of him but yeah. then we went on your Wikipedia page and he's like oh he wrote Max Keeble's Big Move <laughs> <laughs> um, it's funny it's and then a little scary that um, <laughs> that, that this new generation yeah, sees people, you well, no, as, as no, Max Keeble's Big just that, Move just that, that that movie is so old now that the kids who watched it like that with the target audience are now like adults essentially yeah. and I'm like eh. You know, that's like just makes me feel old. That was the first movie that I, I actually co-wrote it, but um, but that was the first one that 
we did. And, and I thought, like, it was, like, the first movie we actually wrote, mm-hmm. and then it got made, and I thought, oh, this is easy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this will just happen <laughs> all the time. Happen now all the time. <laughs> and then it, it didn't. Yeah. You know? I mean, it, it, I mean it, you wrote a few others. Yeah, I've, I've written a few others, and it just, like, I mean, we could talk about this for hours, but the movie industry has changed since 2008 with the the recession and with the Writers Guild strike. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of um, just completely... Um, the studios only want to make huge, big blockbuster movies now based on comic books. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, so the sort of movie that I used to write isn't really getting made anymore. So you're sort of like all those... Those things are kind of migrating to TV, which has gotten much better. Yeah, running the so, renaissance of television. Yeah, right absolutely. Now. Yeah. You've not only seen the movie industry shift, but the music industry as well. I mean, I know you were an yeah. editor at Spin Magazine, so you sort of saw it there, and then also with Guided by Voices to what the music industry is now, which is a totally different thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it doesn't. It, it, for all practical purposes, it doesn't exist unless you're Taylor Swift. Right. You know. Um, uh, everything's DIY, you know, now, yeah. which is for good and bad. I mean, like, GBV was DIY, but we also were on Matador Records and we had, you know, promotion and um, you know, there was no social media. So there was nothing, like, you know, we we had, you know, people doing that stuff for us, um, which is really helpful. Because <laughs> now, when you're in a band, your full-time job is essentially, you know, self-promotion. Yeah, marketing. Yeah. You're like um, marketing director of your own band. And it's yeah. like yeah. really, 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 really tiresome and annoying, but, you know, you have to do it. Yeah, so, like, what are the differences yeah. between a tour in late 90s to a tour now? Um, well, in that sense, not much. I mean, <laughs> you're tour still support. driving around. Yeah, yeah, but tour support, like you had in the nineties. Well, you, in the labels would like, give you tour support. Yeah, yeah, you could go to, for example, when we toured Europe, they uh, gave us like, I, I found out later, um, like something like fifty grand in tour support, um, which, you know, I, I don't even know what we spent it on. I don't know how it was a three week tour. I don't understand how that <laughs> cost fifty thousand dollars. But yeah. it's like we didn't have a light, a light show. We didn't have a crew. We didn't. Have, you know, we had a driver, right? Um, and a van. Well, then he got paid well. Yeah, I know, apparently. <laughs> um, I mean, there's plane tickets. Plane tickets are plane tickets. But I mean, right. I, I still don't get it. But whatever. Um, in terms of the actual logistics of touring, it's not. It's the same. You know. I mean, the difference is, you know, you can try to get people out to the shows through to Facebook events and things like that, sure. uh, rather than someone putting up posters all over town. Right. That's or really, handing out flyers. Yeah, or, handing yeah. out flyers. Yeah. That's really the only difference. I mean, the, the like, the technology of touring is, this, oh, well, the, I'll, yeah, uh, GPS. That's yeah. the biggest difference. I'm sure that helps a lot. That's the biggest <laughs> difference. We got lost all the time, you know. And you had to, like, you had maps. <laughs> and you'd be like, what? This, how does, I have no idea where we are. Yeah. Or you'd, you'd print out directions or you'd write down directions, you know, to the club that would turn out to be wrong. And then you'd ask. And, I mean, I can remember nightmare scenarios of trying to get out of Philadelphia. It's the hardest city to get out of <laughs> in the world. Because it's like their signs go this way and this way. It's like the 95. It's just you're looking for the 95. It's like the biggest freeway in the U.S. or highway. God, I'm 
so Californian now. <laughs> it's like we're calling everything the. Our drummer's making fun of us because we we put the in front of freeways. Because oh, like yeah. in California, you go the 405, the 10. <laughs> you take the 405 to the 10, to the 101, to the right. bl- and like you don't do that everywhere else. It's like you know you take I 95. You don't yeah. say the 95. And, you know right. you don't, yeah. typically. Um, but and I can't stop doing that. So I'm like, we're looking for the four. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the Californian in you has been sort of... Yeah, well, it's just, you, it by osmosis, you yeah. know. I've been there a little bit longer, but yeah. at least like 10 years, you know, so it does... But you're not in California anymore now. No. You recently we're temporarily to, based in Ohio. Temporarily based in Ohio. For like a couple of years or something like that. Okay. Yeah, and, and Columbus, well, Ohio. So that that's got to be a big change then, from being in the center of entertainment to, you know, the middle of the map, right in Ohio. Well, we were in the desert for two years, so we were in the middle of nowhere in the cabin for two years. <laughs> right. So it's actually more like now we're back in the city, and I am having I'm having a hard time like adjusting to cities. Yeah. Again. Even, I can see that. Even though LA is a big city, but you know, two years in you the desert. You guys were in Joshua Tree. Right? Yeah. So. Yeah, I could see how that could be very different from, you know, a winter in Ohio. Um, yeah, which we haven't had yet. But uh, we but d- it, this is very, this is like two months, three months old. Like we, oh, okay. yeah. And what prompted um, the decision to move to Ohio? Well, um, for touring mostly. And we just want to tour a lot mm-hmm. and it's difficult from California. Yeah, we're more centralized in yeah. the Midwest Because, well. you know, California, you've got three days through Texas to get anywhere. True. You know. Well, two Texas. Two Texas. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I mean, like Arizona, New Mexico, yeah. and then so like, you there's get nowhere to, to play. Yeah. There's nowhere to play, and then you hit Austin. Yeah, <laughs> it's more difficult to, to keep touring, you know. Yeah. and and not lose a lot of money. Yeah, and I, I never realized that because you know we started working with bands in uh, New York and like the Northeast, and it was like, oh, well, you can just hit New York, yeah, and Philadelphia, yeah. and, and in a Boston weekend and, you yeah, can do a totally, weekend, totally. and it's like, and yeah, you can drive back in between shows if you want. Yeah, but you know if you're in LA, it's like you cannot do that. Right. We just we set up a tour for a band earlier in the summer, and it was like, okay, now we have to get you to Portland somehow. And, and it's fifteen hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's fifteen rough. hours from San Francisco. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, like that's you know, because the major yeah. cities on the West Coast, you yeah. know, you know, you're gonna hit L.A., um, you know, San Francisco, Portland, Seattle, Seattle, yeah, and Vancouver if you feel like it, and San Diego down there if you feel like it, but. That's Phoenix. it right. in terms of major cities. So you, yeah. and then Vegas, like you, you've got you Vegas. You can find these yeah. little, if you're lucky, you might get a show yeah. in like Arcadia, which is a little college town. Right, but or you got to play like Bend, Oregon on a Monday. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just, it's yeah. just, it just sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically. Bend, Oregon on a Monday. <laughs> well, uh, the guy who runs I'm like our, visualizing yeah. it. <laughs> the guy who um, runs our record label is also in Dead Meadow, this band Dead Meadow, um, and they were originally from the East Coast. And, mm-hmm. and we were talking to him about this yeah. before we moved. He said when they moved to L.A., um, they, they definitely stopped touring as much yeah. by, by a lot just because of the logistics and the, yeah. the, the difficulty of it. And so, yeah, that was a thing. That was mm-hmm. like the, probably the primary reason. It was number one reason for the sure. The secondary reason was just we wanted a change, you know. Yeah. Just less yeah. less sun for for a little bit. I think I've <laughs> yeah. had in ten years yeah. in the, in Cal. I mean, I love California. It's my my home, really. Yeah. But like, I I need a little bit less um, heat and sun. I mean, for, I, for I, a while. Yeah. Don't blame I mean, me. she she grew up. <laughs> I'm in, from the uh, Alps, you yeah. know. So. <laughs> yeah. So you need a, you need mountains then. <laughs> yeah, which you know Columbus has no mountains, but right. you know. 
it has it's got green mounds. it's got a lot of green, yeah. green. or like, like green. indian burial mounds there but they're right. not quite they're, they're not very high yeah yeah <laughs> and i'm from you know yeah. i'm from new england so we just wanted weather you know because yeah. there's no weather yeah <laughs> no, like, seasons yeah. Yeah, yeah seasons yeah seasons for a little bit you seasons know? and columbus is really cool it's a college you know huge college oh, there's I'm a lot studying. of musicians yeah. yeah what's the scene like over it's there it's like well it's, it's traditionally really been nice. it was very it's very garage rock um punk rock, punk rock yeah. uh, in the 90s a lot of great sort of punk rock like new bomb turks and gaunt and um cheater slicks and a lot of bands like that came out of Columbus in the 90s. Now, it's kind of, it's more eclectic, I'd say. Um, but more, it's definitely a lot of punk rock type stuff, yeah. There's a lot of punk, punk garage, stuff, but punk. there's a lot of everything, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, everything within whatever the range you want to call indie rock. Right. And there's, you know, there's a jazz scene, there's like a hip-hop scene, there's like everything, yeah. you know. Because it's, it's the capital city of Ohio. And sure, and like I said, it's a college town. Yeah, so you get a yeah. lot of college young It's really, students. really big, yeah, college. It's yeah. like, yeah, it's like 100,000 students. I mean, it's like, it, yeah. the, uh, you know, we moved there in, at the end of the whatever, last semester. In May or something. And like. so, you know, the town's been kind of, uh, it wasn't quiet. It was just like, then when the students moved back in, it was like, oh, Okay. They're back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The summer's <laughs> like, over. You, you drive down like the main street yeah. like at a certain time and it's like, whoa. It's like you can't even, like there's just so many students crossing the street. Have you guys played shows there in Columbus? Couple. Or? Yep. Couple. And we're playing one. Actually, I'm very excited because we're playing with Shonen Knife. Oh, awesome. Um, at the end of October. Very yeah, cool. that's kind of our in warm, warm up show for It'll the European fun. tour because yeah. we're going on tour in Europe for. Two months. Yeah, so let's talk about that a little bit. So you guys are on tour now. Yeah. Um, how many dates are you doing? This, this is, is a pretty short tour. It was like 10, uh, 10 days total. We did yeah. we did yeah. 10 days in the beginning of September, and then we took a week off, and now we're doing another 10 yep. days. Um, and we're like right in the middle. And then we right have now. like three weeks off, and then we go to Europe. Yep. How long are you gonna be in Europe? Two Forever. Months. Forever. <laughs> <laughs> just, well, I mean, no, it's a the, two months tour, which I've never, I've never done. The tour is two months, and then, two then, months. then, you know, since we're gonna, since it ends like a week before Christmas, we're probably gonna, yeah, we're Lola and I yeah. will probably stay. I have to go parents. say hi to my parents. Oh, yeah. of course. You know. yeah. yeah. How often do you go back to? <laughs> Not very often, because yeah. I mean. Not as often as. Because a, like, I don't like sure. France, and <laughs> b, <laughs> the tickets are expensive. But sure. uh, yeah, I try well, to go visit. So you don't like France? I well, no, that's why I don't live there. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Makes I sense. prefer America. You're one of the few people I've heard say that. You know. That's because wow. I'm from there. I think it's. I don't know. I, People have a, um, you know, it's funny because... Uh, I just happen to not like where I'm from. I don't know. Everyone, like... <laughs> I feel like everybody's got a little bit of that in them, you know. Everybody yeah, wants to I go think out. so, right? Yeah, I everyone, mean, you got to explore and see it's something It's like, that's new. where you're from. Ooh, also, it's like a little village. I worked briefly for a, a, a company that was based in Paris, and, like, we do conference calls with, like, people in L.A., and they're, and, he, and the guy, you know, the... the the CEO or whatever would be complaining about the weather in Paris. It's 55 degrees, it's raining. It's like, you're in Paris. Everyone on the other end is like, you're in Paris. He's like, yeah, so what? It's, yeah. it's horrible. <laughs> yeah. It's, well, most we, Parisians are proud of Paris, though. They're like, oh, we're Parisians. They're proud <laughs> of, of, yeah, they're proud of but Paris. But they still complain about they the weather. They bitch about it all the yeah. time, though, yeah. Right. But I, if I had, I mean, if I had to live in Europe, I'd live in Italy or Spain, not, what, not France. That? Cause I love Italy and Spain. <laughs> My grandmother is Italian, so I have I feel the connection to Italy. Mm -hmm. But I also just love the two countries that I just love. Um, Do you speak Italian as well? Yeah, I speak Spanish better than Italian. Spanish. I mean, I I 
I can read Italian, but mm-hmm. the speaking, I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> See, that's one of the big things I'm envious of people who are from Europe is like, you know, you're so close to so many other cultures that it's like, you know, you speak French and English and Italian and yeah. Spanish, whereas here it's like we barely speak English, you know. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. In the Scandinavian countries, they, they all speak like yeah. five languages because they speak all the different Scandinavian dialects and English, yeah. and some of them speak French. You know, they just... Uh, it's, Europe is a is definitely a, a linguist's paradise. Yeah. Hungarian. And but that's and, a, that's and, a tough one. And that yet people don't <laughs> but people don't really know their their neighbors that much either though like you know like most French people don't go to Italy that much for instance even yeah. though it's right there. Yeah, I feel like I would take you know? I, well, you yeah. know, I guess that's kind of one of those things like you know before you move to New York you're like oh I'm going to go to see all the sites and then you never see anything. If, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so I lived in New York similar. for a while. I, I never went to the Statue of Liberty. I never went to the top of the Empire State Building because it was just always there. Yeah. yeah. And you and you always think like oh I'll just I'll see it yeah. when I see it and then you end up never seeing yeah, it and, and exactly. you move and Yeah, yeah. And, you, and then you're so, like oh, you know, <laughs> missed out on that. Yeah. <laughs> You mentioned your record label. Is that Zemu Records? Yeah. Yep. That's, the, that's yep. the label that the new record's on. But you also yep. released uh, the cassette through Lollipop Records? That's right. Yes. Yeah. And also one on Burger Records before that. Right on. So kind of very like, first one. Very yeah. first one was on Burger Records. Yeah. yeah. So. And they're like Burger Records and sort of Lollipop Records are kind of like these new purveyors of the L.A., you know, mm-hmm. like psych scene. Yep. Um, so how do you feel like you fit into that scene? Just, we fit and we don't fit. I think we're... We're part of it, but we're we're not actively members of the scene. So I think we're, I don't know how that works. They, just, but, they like us. But they and, like us. And so they put out our records. And, and I mean, there, there's a lot of bands in L.A. doing that sort of psych 60s revival thing. And some are better than others. Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's a good thing overall because anything that's, you know, it's, it, it's vital. I mean, it's, I mean, when I say vital, I mean, it's, it's uh, vigorous. Mm-hmm. It has a lot of energy, and it's you know there's a lot of young people doing it, so that's great. But you know some of them are just doing basically archaeology, yeah. um, recreating you know I've sounds never, from the never 60s. heard that phrase. Yeah. Yes. Archaeology <laughs> of rock. Yeah. That's just I it's mean true, to me though. that's just my opinion. But but you know be, be, because they're young, this is all new to them. You know. Um, yeah. You know, they they look, they see the, you know, they see the birds and they're like, whoa, let's do that. Yeah. You know, I bet nobody knows about that. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the guys who run Burger are the nicest guys in the music business and they're super enthusiastic about what they do and they deserve all the success that they have. And yeah. similarly, Lollipop, which yeah. is kind of, you know, following, following their model, um, are just, you know, they're just really enthusiastic music fans. Yeah. Which is... Which is a great thing, no matter what. Well, what amazes yeah. me about Burger Records is the volume. Oh, like, yeah. oh, and they're and workaholics. They are constantly putting yeah. new stuff out. There's always more yeah. shows. You know, for, you I, know, re- for I really respect their worth. It for, for stoners, they sure do a hell of a job. <laughs> it's amazing. Out. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing yeah. how productive stoners yeah. can yeah, actually yeah, yeah, be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. all they do. They live in the store. Like uh, they sleep there. They work there. Like twenty four seven. And they're it's at amazing. every record convention, every yeah. opening of every, I don't know, every festival, every, yeah. you know, with a little burger booth with all sure. the yeah. and But that's really how you make it now these days. Yeah. You, yeah. you really have to be yeah. everywhere. And, you know, back yeah. to kind of how the music industry has changed, you know, before 
you get on a record label and the distribution deal gets you into all these stores. Well, now right. those stores don't exist. That's yeah. Right. yeah. So it's like you got to be on Spotify and you got to be on Apple Music and you got to be yeah. on every one of these outlets and then you got to send it to people directly and do all sorts of stuff. So yeah. what have you found has been the most successful avenue for you um, to reach your fans? I think it's still directly through, you know, whether it's Bandcamp or no, at I th- shows. Yeah. I think touring, you know? touring, touring. Is, touring is definitely the, the, the surefire thing. I mean, yeah. there's a, we've done radio stuff, you know, where the, the guy, you know, services college radio college and radio. all that stuff. And it, it does well, but touring, I think, is the thing. It's yeah. like that people need to see you live. Yeah, and I, I think that kind of, you know, to circle back to this modern confusion, mm-hmm. you know, it's like we have this world where everything's accessible all the time, but I feel like people still crave that one-on-one interaction. Oh, and it's going to be more and more like that as things get standardized and, you know, all all the same, all accessible at, all at the same time, right. you know, well, like the experience the, becomes more valuable. You're choice. It's impossible to choose. It's impossible yeah. to find, Yeah. you know, how are you, with all the thousands of new releases out there, how are you supposed to stand out how do you separate the signal from the noise it's like you know you can do one of two things you can listen to everything pitchfork says or you can just use your own mind and you know go go to shows and check things out for yourself yeah and that's the best way to do it yeah exactly you know you really make that connection with the band and you remember the experience that you had and that's worth a lot more than the ones and zeros that are coming out of the computer yeah totally 100 anything real quick you want to say about tampa You've um, been here for a, what almost twelve hours now, fourteen yeah. hours in Tampa. Yeah, so I'm like, uh, well, we found out about the hub pour. Okay, which was which is a, where we played, and we didn't, you know. Which was a um, a hit with our rhythm section, <laughs> <laughs> who are still uh, upstairs sleep, yeah. in the hotel. Yes, they're room recovering sleeping. from the hub pour. Right. Um, yeah, it's, it's it seems like a really cool city. So, yeah. um, and and we learned about the the, the, the cigar cigars city. Mm-hmm. And um, and that was something I did not know at all before. Yeah. And uh, I like the paved streets, like yeah, that area when near mm-hmm. the cigar store. The, the, the cobblestone. Yeah. Ebor City is what is it's called. Ebor City, cool. so that's like, that's, that's a yeah. cool section. There's a really good coffee shop there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> shout out to Blind Tiger. Yeah, <laughs> shout out to Blind Tiger. Yeah, the absolutely. audience was awesome. They were very uh, yeah lively and enthusiastic. That was maybe our best so. audience on yeah. this leg of the tour so yeah. far. That makes me like yeah. like I yeah, like yeah. I For feel sure. that in my heart. I'm happy to, to yeah, hear that cool. Tampa yeah. Um, yeah. was one of the best audiences. And yeah, you played at you know the legendary Tampa dive bar, the Hub. Yeah. See, we um, didn't know it was legendary, <laughs> so like that would have put more pressure. I'm glad I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, they they were. Re- I mean, they were just like really into it, yeah. and um, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe it was because of the hub poor. <laughs> but I like to think that they, yeah. you know, that, that no, no, we because yeah. they definitely were into it. They yeah. we live, we we're a little bit um, wilder, I would say, than on the record, as you should be. Like, um, yeah, we, people kind of expect us to be quiet and more poppy, and mm-hmm. we're not. So there's. There's confusion there too yeah. sometimes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That, I mean, that's great though. That, yeah. And that's awesome to hear. So, you know, thank you guys for coming to our city. A lot of people skip Tampa. Oh, and, really? And skip Florida in general. Because as you know, driving yeah, from Pensacola, yeah, yeah. Yeah. it's like to get here, you have to really commit to this area. No, a lot of a We lot like of bands, Florida. Yeah. I, I like playing in Florida yeah, a lot. Yeah, you know, one of God, by Voice's uh, biggest, uh, or favorite towns was Orlando. So I had fond memories of coming to Florida. Well, there you go. You heard it here first from DTCV, yeah. Detective, James right. Greer, and Lola G. 
Tampa is the best city to come on tour. I, I'm, I'm definitely paraphrasing what you said, but uh, <laughs> we're just going to make that come statement. Come to Tampa, now. people. Come to Tampa, Tampa, Tampa. Come on tour, and you can be on our show while you're here. So there you go. Absolutely. And right. play at the hub. All right. Well, let's get out of here before they charge.